Welcome to the Cure for Stupidity podcast, an ongoing exploration of the stupidity in real life, relationships, parenting, and more. Hello, welcome to our second podcast. Oh, we forgot to talk about two. Yeah, we did. So why didn't want you to start? Well, my uncles were my role models growing up. We always went to my uncle's football games and just all of their stuff. And um, all my uncles wore number 22. So when I grew up and I started playing sports, I chose number 22 as my number. I rarely actually got that jersey. Apparently, it's a very popular (laughs) number. So I didn't actually wear it that often, but it was always my number. Like, it was always what I considered to be lucky or, you know, like a little sign here and there for when I would find the number 22 that it it meant something. It was cool. It was special. Yeah, and when I played football in high school, I also wore 22. Uh, so when Jamie and I started dating, I was I was the uh, <laughs> I was the guy who had his football jersey from high school pinned up in his uh, in his bedroom. Uh, so so when she came over, she's like, 22. That was my number. And this was like a, one of like a thousand things that we had in common as we were dating uh, that we discovered as we were dating. Uh, and so so 22 has kind of become our thing. Um, and the number two is really special. Um, because you know we're, we're geeks, and there's two twos. There's two twos, basically. Yeah, and so then then it, was, then it became a thing of well, like someone said, I love you first, and then every time after that has been I love you too, and so we kind of abbreviated just just saying two, and so two is a very special number for us. So episode two, <laughs> we made it. <laughs> So so today's episode, we're going to talk about uh, the second principle, principle number two, uh, which is uh, perception is more important than reality or perception versus reality. Um, and this principle is really, really interesting. It's another one of those foundational principles mm-hmm. uh, because a lot of people don't understand it. Um, a lot of people believe that perception equals reality, uh, which isn't true, um, which really, really isn't true. And it can cause some, some pretty considerable problems with uh, communication, relationships, uh, but even like walking up the stairs. Like, I mean, if you ever had the situation where you're like carrying a box of things, like, but you can't see the stairs, you just know that there's stairs there. And yeah, and so you like, you you take that last step that isn't there, you perceive it's there, yeah. uh, but it changes your behavior. You behave as if it's there. And so the, the whole idea, and I mean, reality didn't change. Like there's not an extra step because you perceived it. Um, but that's that's the thing with perception and reality. It's like perception guides our behavior, so perception's more important. Uh, and so as we talk about um, um, relationships uh, and communication, it's it's very clear how that can come up sometimes. Yeah, and I think um, we did get a really awesome topic to talk about from Gary. So thanks, Gary. Um, I think he submitted it on LinkedIn to you. Yeah, he said, uh, can you talk about um, common sense uh, and how that can get into trouble with communication relationships? Uh, and absolutely. Uh, <laughs> there's, a, there's a concept uh, in this section of the perception of reality called how could you possibly. Uh, now, how could you possibly is, is, is a phrase and very, very many kind of derivations of that phrase. Um, uh, is that a word? Derivations? Derivatives? Derivatives. Derivatives. There we go. Derivation sounds so much better, though. I don't know. This is like <laughs> Eric, Eric language? Ericism. It's an Ericism. Ericism. So we'll put Ooh. that in the... There's, that there's in. more in the book later. <laughs> <laughs> so, so many der- derivatives of that phrase, um, how could you possibly... And, and it basically, it's, it's, a, it's a thing that we ask, like a question... 
but really it's a judgment so it's not like how could you possibly it's more like what what are you doing like you're an idiot yeah and and that's actually the, the foundation of the book is that phrase how could you possibly or or people say i don't understand why you would or i don't understand why anyone would or i don't understand how you could or you know i, I can't understand why you'd see it that way or how could you possibly do that which like, are all really nice ways because i don't think actually most people talk like that it's more yeah. like what the <laughs> that's generally i think what we're actually referring to here <laughs> yeah yeah because it's a judgment right yeah. and so and so when we talk about common sense or or issues with common sense like a lot of times people will think of it as there's something wrong with you you lack common sense you're an idiot um but more often than not that's not the case yeah it's not the case and so um, I, I was thinking about this and, and how that can, how it affects us. Uh, and the number one r- way that I believe that I get that from Jamie is when she says, "How could you possibly?" is is when when it has to do with like tidying up. Um, I'm I'm not great at, and I'm I'm gonna acknowledge it. I'll acknowledge it. I'm not great at tidying up as I not go. Not great at. Not I'm not great. That is a true statement. Very true. I'm not great at it. Um, Said differently. <laughs> I'm not good at it, um, especially like if I'm cooking. So when I cook, I'm an experimental cooker, and I like to I like to do a lot of things at a lot at like make sure everything's done at the same time, uh, which means that there's like four or five pans, two cutting boards, three knives. I don't know why I need more knives and cutting boards. Double everything. Yeah, I mean, but, but but it always it always ends up delicious and hot at the same time. It does. Time. So true. And and what what uh, the way Jamie cooks is she likes to like cook and clean as she goes and I just I don't have the brain space for that. Like if I'm I'm trying to manage like three omelets or I'm trying to manage like a whole pot full of things that things need to be ready to go in the pot at the same time. Uh, I'm just I don't I don't have the the capacity to do that. And so I tend to make a mess as I cook. Um, and and it, it's like as we're eating the food, it's inevitable that everyone's like, this is fantastic, wonderful, and Jamie loves it, right? This yeah. is wonderful. Best uh, cook in the house, by far. <laughs> like, we're all better for it when you cook, to be clear. Like, everybody enjoys it better until until, until, until we, the meal is done, <laughs> and then we look at the kitchen and the bomb that we, went off. <laughs> we, I think it's only one person really is minded. <laughs> only one person actually cares about the yeah, kitchen. Yeah. Got it. But then but then you know the, the the I think what happens is you know you say because you've asked me, you've made requests of me to clean up as I go so many times. Um, and it's just it's just it's so outside of my natural that I I continue to mess it up. And so the tone that I hear from you is how could you possibly? Yeah, like I just I will reuse things or like rinse something off and use it again. So yeah, I definitely walk into the kitchen. I look at three cutting boards and it's like, (laughs) why was there three cutting boards used for this meal? Like, and I look at the meal and I look back and yeah, like it's totally like, how could you possibly think? Cause like for me, when I pull out a dish, it's like, I'm going to have to wash this. So it's like, (laughs) what's the easiest utensil to clean? And like, what's the easiest, you know, to fit into the dishwasher? What what do I not have to hand wash? That's a huge, like, determining factor in what I use. Like, oh, am I going to have to wash this by hand or can I throw it in the dishwasher? And there are no concerns for any of those matters in your your amazing creative brain as you cook. But for me, the aftermath is painful to be Mm -hmm. like, Really? Like, and it does, it seems inconsiderate. It seems Uh. like, you know, all right, well, I cook, you clean, good luck, you know? And so that's hard. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's funny because I think all of that extra consideration that you do, I don't do. Yeah. 
And, and we, you know, talking about common sense, it's like to you, that's very clearly common sense. Like it's, it's natural for you. Like that thought process is natural. For me, not at all. Like, I mean, I do think about probably hand washing versus dishwasher washing. Mm-hmm. And I probably tend to do more hand washing stuff because that's where I help most out with the dishes is, is when I help, I help out with hand wash. Yeah. Um, or, or, you know, certain situations where I can like hand wash two or three of the pans that I use, uh, but then have them put away before, you know. But it's usually just because there's no burners left for you to use on this stove. So you're <laughs> no. like, I gotta wash something, dang it. <laughs> no, no, uh, maybe sometimes. But, but I'm thinking, but like, I think in my mind, when I do that, like if I do like wash a couple of the pots and have them put away, like I'm like very proud at mm-hmm. that point. Like I'm like, I did it, I helped. I moved the ball forward, and then you, <laughs> you come in, and you're like, oh. That was the like, minimum. But no, you like even you don't even <laughs> see it sometimes. Like, you don't even notice that That's that true. was done, because, like, there's, like, eggs spilled on the burner, or there's, like, s- two cutting boards or three cutting boards left out, and, like, in my mind... It's shocking how much you use cutting boards, I gotta say. Uh-huh. Like, you use a cutting board for everything. I love a cutting board. You make a sandwich, and you make get a cutting board. Oh, yeah. Because it's a clean surface. Oh, yeah? It's a clean surface. So is your plate that you're about to eat on. No, but it's it's curved at the edges. <laughs> <laughs> I think the solution is you do all the dishes. Oh, uh, okay. I could I could do that. That means that you're going to have to accept the way that I do the dishes. Does that mean like daily? That means like... When you have time? Every time I do the dishes, you're going to have to accept how I do it. I seem to skip right over that. Got it. But how I load the dishwasher is going to be... Uh... Well, if I don't have to unload it, I don't care how you load it. <laughs> you don't have to unload it. Jerem does that anyway. Our oldest son. He's graduated to, to chores of actually helping us. So now he's the unloader of the dishwasher. Yeah. We're yeah. beyond like the basic, you know... <laughs> Clean up after yourself. Like there has to be something now to mm-hmm. add to the family. Mm-hmm. His his own uh, responsibility. Yeah, yeah. And it's it, so so kind of leveraging those two things of perception and common sense. Um, what is what is your perception of me like, when you walk into the the kitchen and you like you see the whole mess? Like what what is like what is your perception of the space? What is your perception of me? I I think it's. It, it shows your disorganization. Hmm. You're very disorganized in general. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so I just see that as a manifestation of it. And it's hard because then from there I go to the socks that are on the floor or the, you know, dirty clothes right next to not, the hamper. Not in the kitchen. There's not socks in the kitchen. I mean, the, the story you're painting. I'm pretty sure at least once you've left socks in our kitchen. Yeah, so have you once. <laughs> But the picture you're painting, like, the kitchen's a mess and there's socks on the floor. There are not socks in the kitchen, just to be clear. Okay, but under the desk, there might be some dirty socks. Well, you know, there might be. <laughs> actually, those are actually clean socks. Oh, those are clean socks. You didn't use those yet? I, I, for like two minutes as I was doing a construction project. Clearly. Okay, got it. Okay. Construction <laughs> project, two minutes, they're done. Yeah. No, no, those no. Are, clean, those are... clean socks. Oh my Move on. <laughs> So, yeah, so my, my brain thinks where I go to is you're disorganized. And also, I know that I'm the planner. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's just another manifestation of that. Of Like, I know that if I can clean now and load the dishwasher now and do these things now, 
then when dinner's over, like we get to get to our chill time faster. Like mm-hmm. we get to get to us. You know, it's like the kids go to bed and then it's not like go and straighten up and do all that then. Um, or save it until the next morning when, you know, you're at work and everyone else is, you know, doing their stuff. So for me, it's like, I'm just thinking two steps ahead. Mm. And I feel like a lot of our arguments where (laughs) I'm frustrated at you come from a failure to plan or being disorganized. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, it's hard, like, cause it, it's so innate for me. It's so natural. Um, I don't. It's not something I have to go out of my way to do. Like, that's already going on in my processes. Mm-hmm. So for it to be so outside of your natural state, it's hard to come to terms with that and be like, really? to accept To accept me as yeah, I am? Yeah, yeah. And to not perceive it as something way deeper or uh, more hurtful than mm-hmm. you're just disorganized. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's easy to do, go from disorganized to lazy. Uh-huh. It's very easy to be like, okay, well, did you just not want to do it? Hmm. Like, did you just leave it for me to do? Um, uh, yeah. And that's hard. Like, mm-hmm. it's hard to not not hold a grudge, I guess, but like kind of just have that wear and tear happen all the time and have it not eventually bubble up into something more than, oh, there it is again, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, when you when you talk about it like that, um, there's the difference between our natural personalities and you, you are a planner, like you plan and you, and you plan a lot and you, yeah. I plan. Uh, yes. I got a backup plan to the plan. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that that's, that's the thing that I admire most about you is that you can plan and be two steps ahead all the time and thinking about how this could impact that and this can impact that. Um, and it's funny because when it comes to cooking, I feel like that's how I cook. It's like I cook with a plan and and I I am thinking two steps ahead in that task. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to like the cleaning portion of it, like I that like I don't I don't do that. I naturally don't do that. And I I will say that when you cook, you time everything to be to be done perfectly timed. Mm -hmm. So like everything is hot and fresh and ready to go. And like when I cook, like I don't care if the rice sits for 10 minutes before everything else is done. Like if that 10 minutes is spent with me doing other things or like, you know, to start the rice early and put it on a timer as opposed to sitting and doing that while I'm doing all the rest of the cooking. Um, So that is something where we differ. Like to me, the bigger picture of things takes precedence to having a perfectly timed, perfectly cooked meal. Mm -hmm. Not to say that, my meals aren't good, but I do believe that you are by far the better cook in the house, like hundred percent hands down. Thank you. But I don't necessarily appreciate what it takes to get <laughs> to that point. Like, and in sometimes, and I think I've actually said this to you, it's been a while, but like the level of difference in some of the meals that I cook and some of the meals that you cook, it's not like the outcome isn't that exponentially different, mm-hmm. but the process was so painful that it was like, I should have just done it myself. Like, <laughs> my, my food is good enough and I wouldn't have had all of this extra to deal with. Yeah. So. Yeah, we, we did talk about a while ago about doing, um, like, kind of co-cooking. Oh, yeah. So, like. That never happened. It, I, I know. <laughs> uh, and so, so instead of, instead of trying to kind of change my natural style, we said, you know, I, I can do, I can work to, to get better at this. I can work to get better at this. Um, but 
if we kind of co-cooked, then like if you see something that could be cleaned right now, you could do that while I'm trying to do this other thing and we can kind of do this as a partnership. And it hasn't ever happened. Yeah. Uh, I think it would be a cool idea to try. It's like hard though. You got... What's the saying? Like too many cooks in the kitchen, right? Yeah, like, but I mean, if we're like you, you would like be, I'm stepping on your toes. You're stepping be, on mine. You'd be the sous chef. All right. You could be a good sous chef when I'm cooking, and I could be a good sous chef when you're cooking. Okay. <laughs> you're a great sous chef for me. Like you take directions from me way better than I take them from you. I'm like, well, what could you do this? Like, oh, well, did you think about that? And like sometimes also with your cooking, I am a horrific picky eater mm-hmm. that if i don't know what you're putting in it then i'm cool right but once i see you putting things in my food i'm like are you sure you want to do that i don't think i want to i don't that's think true. i like that's that. true that's true <laughs> well it's it's funny you know kind of talking about perception and when when you do that not not kind of or picky but i'm talking about when you you know are, are critiquing the cleanliness of the kitchen or whatever like my 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 perception is that you're oversensitive mm-hmm. to this issue like when you talk about like the in the bigger picture, I think the meal is the biggest picture of all of this. <laughs> Everything else is peripheral. And to me, I have to have three meals every day at home. Yeah. Like no, like right now we're not going anywhere. We're not you know barely eating out. Like well, well takeout, or, yeah. <laughs> which, which still means dishes, by the way. Um, but you know, for for me. Like, yeah, meal planning and getting the groceries and, like, all of the extra that goes into it, those things are, like, just checking boxes. Like, did everyone get a healthy meal? Did everyone get something that they liked? Was everybody, you know, nourished appropriately in all the different food groups and, you know, all those other things that I consider and I think Mm -hmm. of? That's that's where my brain goes to. And I can't can't see how the the meal being perfected – you know, on my scale of stuff that I'm juggling, a perfect meal mm-hmm. isn't at the top of my list. Yeah. Yeah. So then, so do you walk in and, and it was accurate and you say, that's when you say, how could you possibly? Yeah. yeah. I agree. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's... Because like, how could you possibly make that big of a mess? Like, we're <laughs> only eating spaghetti. Mm-hmm. Like, that should be one pot for noodles and a saucepan for the sauce. Done. Like, in my brain. And, you know, ladle or spoon. And you're like, no, like I wanted you're to add meat. So, yeah, I used to cut the meat and saute it, and then you gotta have a cutting board. I mean, you it's not a, a cutting board. It is not a meal from Eric if it doesn't have a cutting if board. If you're gonna put mushrooms in the spaghetti sauce, you need to have a cutting board. Wait, you put mushrooms in my spaghetti sauce? Oh. No, I don't. I don't. Not in yours. Okay. Not in yours. Oh, in the kids, I do. Yeah, that'd be rude. <laughs> mushrooms are gross. They're actually delicious. I know you love them. I love them. Go ahead. My perception is when I walk in the room, it was, oh my gosh, like he is so scatterbrained, chaotic, mm-hmm. like there's like this started over here, there's this there. And I will say, actually, like not to be like try to take away from anything that you do, but the number of meals that go awry, I think are more on your watch. And it's more in the sense of you you try to perfect it so well that you've got so much going on at once that it's easy to overlook something or oh, yeah, do something. Sure. Yeah. And so that's another, I feel like, how could you possibly moment where like when something gets burnt or like when the barbecue gets left on and we run through an entire propane <laughs> tank. You know, all those little things like that. Yes. What did you say, once? No, I said guilty. Oh, I yeah, was going to say, because guilty. <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah how many tanks we've wasted but is, is that important right now continue it your is not sorry but um like those are also moments where it's like how could you possibly like burn that like that was the the simplest part or like the main part of the meal and so um i think that the, that's that's definitely like my judgment comes in of mm-hmm. like yuck i don't i don't yeah. like that i don't and i don't like feeling it either mm-hmm. and like that's the other thing is like then i try to hold it in right and it's like <laughs> Yum! Dinner is so good, and I'm staring at the kitchen like, really? It's dirty and awful. No, no, not like the food isn't actually good. Like it's hard to enjoy the meal uh. when I'm looking at the aftermath that it took to make it, and I'm like, it probably would have been better to just like yeah, drive through. So out. interesting. <laughs> so so two things I want to say. Uh, one, it's interesting because the way that I grew up was the cook. There's the cook and the cleaner, and whoever cooks doesn't clean. Mm-hmm. And that's just that was just kind of the, the natural family dynamic of, of, of my household when I grew up. Um, the second thing I wanted to say is uh, I think the reason that I that when things go awry, when meals go bad, uh, it's usually on my on my watch as the head chef um, because I experiment mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah, and and you know I'll try things, and sometimes they turn out amazing, like. Mm-hmm. Like the the pulled pork barbecue pulled pork rice stir, stir fry. fry. Yeah, that was good. Holy smokes, that was good. <laughs> um, but but anyway, like they're they're just you know when I I'm, I like to try things, I like to experiment, uh, and and that actually leads to one of the other how could you possibly is that I okay. hear from you often uh, is is you say. Um, is this change for change's sake? Oh, that's yeah, that's one. Which is which is funny because my the way my brain works, it's very experimental. Like it's let's let's try this, let's try that. I mean, even the, the way that this room is set up right now, <laughs> right? Is 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 I, I I noticed things in the first episode. It's like oh, we really should adjust this. We should adjust this. Uh, but I didn't really have a plan for it. Mm-hmm. I just knew that those things had to adjust. And so right before we set up this podcast. I walk in the room and it's like, and everything's different this week. <laughs> <laughs> and and then like, even as you're sitting there, like I'm still adjusting and adjusting and adjusting to, to make it right. Um, and it, I don't think it's right yet. We'll see in post-production. But um, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's better, right? I, I feel it's better. And I think like the way that my brain works is if I, if I see something – and I want it to be better, I will adjust things to make it better. Yeah, change for change sake is absolutely one of my pet peeves. And I feel like the kids are picking up on it too. And they're like, yeah, let's just go and change everything. I'm like somebody who really likes structure and routine. And so for me, it's so hard to like walk into a room and everything is completely different and it's like, I didn't notice all the things you noticed. So for me, like, yay, week one, we did it. We had this awesome podcast. And then week two, it's totally different in here. So um, it's fine. And like, I don't have to manage it or, you know, handle any of the production things that's on that's on you. So it doesn't actually affect me, but it is a little chaotic. And mm. I don't like chaos. Like, <laughs> I like to plan and know and plan and know. And so, like, the same for recipes and meals. It's like, I really like this certain meal that you cook. And then the next time, it's totally different because you Slightly put in... Slightly different. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Slight for you is huge for somebody that's picky. Yeah, that's and I am true. picky. That's true. So, 
Yeah. So I think just that that is definitely a, a how could you possibly like when you change things that weren't needing change. That's really well, and hard. I think that's when you talk about perception, right? Is so because I see things differently than you do. It like my perception is this needs to be changed. Mm-hmm. Like the audio quality on the last couple episodes were like like with a teaser and whatever needed to be fixed because the room we're in is very echoey and it's like I have to try to pull out the echo with software it's like it changed the voices and everything and so like you don't you don't perceive yeah, that not like, that's all. not something that ever would need to be adjusted uh, but to me it's like it stands out like a sore thumb yeah. and so right we're talking about like how perception then leads to the how could you possibly if I if I perceive something here you don't perceive something and then I act on this thing that you can't see it's like I'm adding a whole bunch of story to why you did it yeah and and in and, and that phrase it's just change for the sake of change and for me no it's change for the sake of making this thing better yeah. solving this problem uh, and I think that a lot of my experimentations are in that vein of of I see a problem and I want to adjust it. I want to fix it. Yeah. Um, and and you know you said you know the kids are picking up on. I think the kids are naturally <laughs> naturally that we're not all of them, yeah. right? But I think you know Jasmine for sure, our youngest, and 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 Jerem as well. Yeah, like they're 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 problem finders or problem makers, but problem finders. Yeah, and then they they seek to to solve those problems. They want to solve problems that they've never encountered, but they perceive <laughs> might at some point be a problem. So therefore, I'm going to make sure that this is never a never problem. Never a problem. Solve that problem. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Or or it's amazing. It is. But also, <laughs> it's so hard sometimes. Again, like for them, the, the mess, the aftermath that comes from something that wasn't even broken to begin with yeah. is so difficult for me where it's like... Uh, the gardening, you know, mm-hmm. it's like they really, really want to garden, which I totally get that gardening is, you know, messy and fun and digging in dirt. But like the evolution of the garden from planting things in the ground to then like this raised garden thing to then like building structures for <laughs> like, I don't know how long it would take, probably a year for the plants to even get this big. They'd already built structures to withhold and protect plants that hadn't even sprouted yet. Like the stuff that they were solving for was so far out of anything that they had yet to experience or would even probably likely experience. Mm-hmm. But yet they'd already like built structures and done like exponentially like more mess and work i'm hearing a lot of how could you possibly in your tone a little bit a little bit gotta say yeah it's it's hard though Mm -hmm. and like i think honestly a lot of it for me just revolves around like mess and order yeah like or chaos and and order and stuff Mm -hmm. like that Mm -hmm. and like it's it's hard when i really try to provide stability for the kids for Mm -hmm. our house and granted, we are living in absolute chaos during a remodel right now. Right, right, right. But even within those like rooms that we're living in, like trying to keep them as stable and consistent, and um, you know, routine and structure, and you know, kind of having the the constants in their life that they can rely on and count on, and know that no matter what, like these are the expectations, um, and also you know, good good modeling for them of right. you know making your bed every single morning, like. I don't care if somebody's coming over. I don't care if it's not that messy, you know, just just good habit forming and building. And so, yeah, like some of the stuff that they can do and then live in for week two and like it doesn't bother them. And like that's something that we've, you know, yeah. tried to test. Of, yeah. Like how long will it take for them to notice? And like 
oh, either they yeah. notice and don't care or they don't even notice a lot of the stuff. Right. And it's like in, in our perception, it's like, oh, they don't want to deal it, you right. know. And, and I do think that right now the thing that I keep coming back to is, you know, kind of this lazy um, mm-hmm. is kind of the, the judgment that comes with a lot of those, those how could you possibly mm-hmm. is, um, you know, and it's, it's a yucky feeling. Like I don't, I don't like feeling or thinking that about my family members. So like I get a yuck factor mm-hmm. about thinking it, yeah. but then like it persists and it is still there. And like, I'm trying to figure out a different story to tell about the thing. But like the story that I keep coming back to is like, like everybody leaves it for me and I'm not Cinderella. Like that's yeah. not my name. That's not my job. That's not my my role in the family. Yeah. So I don't want to feel like I'm the only one that notices these things mm-hmm. and then it becomes my responsibility to fix them. Yeah. But what if you are the only one to notice? Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying that, uh. that you have to be the one to fix it, but if you are the only one to notice, like, you know, when we t- talk about perception, if you're the only one that can see it, like outside of like, you know, building, you know, we think about the, um, you know, in the book we talk about the Himba tribe, mm. right? And so like the Himba tribe, they don't have a word for blue, so they literally can't see blue. Like they can't discern blue from green. And and it's like... So I'm living with the tribe of Himbas who can't see the mess that they essentially, make. Essentially. Okay. Right. And so, and so... So then what? So, so, so my question <laughs> is, like, would you get mad at a Himba for not seeing blue? No, right, and so and so, how how then do you either just deal with it, cope with it, or do you slowly train them on how to see blue? I think I'm on the slowly train them path. Yeah, I just don't think I was prepared for how slow the train <laughs> is moving. <laughs> um, I'm not known for my patience in life. What? No, shocking. I know. <laughs> I am not the most. Good thing you're not a doctor because you have no patience. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) Oh, that was ridiculous. You totally caught me off guard. I was trying to roll your eyes, but you loved the (laughs) joke. You caught me off guard. I was like, what? (laughs) Anyways, um, I am not known for my patience. It's a virtue that I am working Working on. And so that's that's something that I uh, again like in in my head I have all these people that surround me regularly right now twenty four seven for months <laughs> on end and I want them to see and get on board and you know make some steps forward or mm-hmm. headway towards this new way of living potentially yeah um and and it's difficult to to not see that change coming Mm -hmm. yeah and also to to persist in this this you know way of you know bringing the family aboard being able to see blue Mm -hmm. when nobody's seeing blue (laughs) (laughs) i've got a really slow bunch of learners is what it feels like and so then like my my patience gets tested further Mm -hmm. and that has the opportunity to grow more oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) true but like if i'm growing this much like i want to see more growth and i think that i'm outnumbered also Mm, yeah that's hard yeah yeah i think you know one thing that's that's important when you're trying to to help us see blue is is i think the the biggest first step is 
having us realize that we can't see blue mm-hmm. right so so recognizing that there's something that we're not seeing okay is 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 a big first step and i think that so family meeting no no no, no. <laughs> what i'm saying is like is that i think that like even just in this conversation like i'm aware that i don't see the mess as i'm making it right so so we've already taken that step over 13 years <laughs> of marriage well and another three years of dating. I say. um no but like so so the steps are are there right so so we're on process i think yes you you need to continue to work on your patience right but but also don't give up right don't give up on us because i'm i'm very confident that while my natural tendency isn't to clean as i go i can see the value in it mm-hmm. and and i i think that i don't know if you see the differences in behavior from like now from let's say five years ago but like i am <laughs> but I, but i am i am doing more you know cleaning as i go like you don't see uh eggshells out when i'm done cooking eggs right because like that's something like oh i i put those away as i go right i actually i stack them on the cutting board and then take the cutting board (laughs) right it's a nice little platter and i right in the trash it's perfect love it the cutting boards are fantastic oh (laughs) it's like a movable counter never knew how valuable oh you have no idea no idea Anyway, anyway, but 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 kind of be aware of those transitions as they happen, and you know maybe change your perceptions on on ad, how much things have progressed, um, because I see them, and I'm honestly I'm proud of them. Like I'm proud of the little bits. Uh, I know it's not perfect yet, but I think that there's there definitely some some so there has been some movement, glacial glacial speed movement, but movement nonetheless. I agree. <laughs> I, I I can give you the the credit for those those minor improvements <laughs> that have been made. I'll take I'll take anything like that. No, so so actually, I want to transition a little bit because um, we've had uh, a, a lot of questions around uh, race and racism in the last several months, uh, especially in the last. Couple of weeks. Join us next week as we continue the conversation about perception and reality with episode three. So let's talk about perception, reality, race, and race awareness.